Cat and Moose podcast. I'm Cat and I'm Moose. This is a true life podcast where we explore the quirks of being human. Hi, hi, hi. Uh, hey girl. Hey Cat. Hey Moose. Hey producer Sarah. I- I'm sorry. I am actually producer Sarong today. Now is that because you're Sarong and not Sarite or is that related to a thong? Well, you know, I just was trying to find another way to say Sarah and sarong came up, but it's, do you guys know what a sarong is? Well, I was going to say a sarong makes me think of the 10 commandments movie. Like it makes me think oh. of like a, is, is like, like a shawl or something, a sarong. It's, I think that's a toga party. um a a sarong i think it is like something you put over a bathing suit so i think we i think you're on the right yeah you're on the right track for sure okay according to wikipedia the sarong is often described as an indonesian skirt oh it is a large tube or length of fabric often wrapped around the waist and worn by men and women Mm. yeah i feel like we should adopt sarongs (laughs) that's what i need is a tube around my waist (laughs) That's called blue jeans. Yeah, me too. I've got about three of them right now, like the Michelin man. (laughs) So we've sort of been doing a weekly Bible study on the Cat and Moose Science Surgery Podcast. (laughs) We have. Um, And we had (laughs) Cat's... Kat's got her daily verse book out. She's already read the verse. And I'm and I'm reading today's today. <laughs> great. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> so we we had some really great feedback. Um uh we had a, a patron write in and say that they appreciated all the Bible verses and that they <laughs> loved that the next section of the episode was about a whale's vagina. Yes. <laughs> and I, I didn't realize how startling that might be for someone. Sure. <laughs> sure. Now, my question is, did the patron say it was startling? No, they said that's why they enjoyed it. Actually, you know what? It was a patron's friend that shared that with us, right? Oh, even better. Okay, so wait, there's a patron out there who has a friend who is listening and not also paying? Uh, yeah, well, I think they are sharing the word of the gospel and... <laughs> told them about us and uh i don't think we can expect them to be a patron just yet yeah this is a testimony yeah it's their testament okay sarah found oh, patrons this is what a sarong is oh wow we definitely we definitely uh, you know what i'm wearing mine to the oscar party this weekend <laughs> okay <laughs> i mean <laughs> this is something i mean it's like a towel essentially it is it's like a giant bath towel yeah it's great it's like a piece of linen can i tell you guys a story about when i was in bangladesh <laughs> have i told this story Probably. no i just think it's so funny how like we went from <laughs> 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 we went from you're like i have something really important to say i haven't gotten you, to that yet i know and that's what i think is funny is we've covered like nine topics and oh. we haven't gotten to what your important thing well is. no and it's gonna be a long episode people because oh, i'm no. still scrolling in my notes right now and <gasps> we're just need you to what well, we just need you we need you to <laughs> buckle up all right so what i want to say about a sarong it's not quite a sarong but when i was in bangladesh i had i was asked i was requested to wear um what Bangladeshi women wear 
And I'm Googling it because... Moose, where is Bangladesh? It's sort of by India. Okay, so it's like an it's an Asian country. Um, yeah, I would compare it more to India, though. I mean, it feels like Southeast Asia, or it is Southeast Asia, but it feels like... It- <laughs> <laughs> man it, it, you know people come here for the facts i'm so glad we can deliver yeah this is, bangladesh is in asia which is south of india which is also a part of the asian continent yeah so i anyway i can't find what these are called uh oh it's a sorry okay so i was i was asked to wear this and um so we went shopping when we got there and um Let's just say these women are not full size women and, <laughs> and and Bangladesh. So I, you know, like there was a plus size section, of course. And so I'm like sneaking at the time I was looking for like a size 16 or something. And so I found it and I was like, oh, thank God there's one for me. You guys, I got in that dressing room and I ripped the, like you wear pants underneath this long garment <laughs> And I ripped the pants, the back of them. I didn't care because I was like, oh, this thing's going to hang over the back. Mm-hmm. They at least fit. Mm-hmm. Barely. But by the time I got those things home, I mean, there was like three stitches left in them. So your pants split and you still wanted to wear pants under the sari. Well, you do wear pants under. Oh, one isn't meant to. Okay. Okay. Got ya. Well, that, that sure seems like a lot of layers, Moose. <laughs> Well, well, this thing has slits all the way up the leg. So you're intended to wear pants under it. I think I had like, I ended up having like, um, yoga pants or something. But when we got talking about sarongs, I wanted to share that I had a shameful experience and I know our (laughs) listeners will appreciate that. Yep. And I just decided, (laughs) (laughs) I just decided that, that I'm going to get a Hannah Nicole plus size sarong swimsuit cover up bikini beach cover up from Amazon (laughs) in time for our Oscar party. (laughs) Great. Oh, good. I cannot wait. Okay, so you got to tell our listeners about the Oscar party. Please do. Okay, well, <laughs> we're, we, by the time you're listening to this, we will have had an Oscar party last night. And that's, mm-hmm. you know, considering you're listening on Monday after the Oscars. Um, but we're mm-hmm. recording on Wednesday before the Oscars. So we are going to talk in present terms. And we are having an Oscar party um, on Sunday night. And it's just going to be a handful of us. And um, in preparation of the Oscar party, I have taken it upon myself to try and watch every movie that is up for for best picture as well as a couple of other movies that I just thought sounded interesting. And I have in my life, there have been many, many times where I have been disappointed. Mm. Um, This is one of them. Yeah. Mm. Like I have, I have watched what I think are some of the worst movies in the past several days. <laughs> you, you're not really a movie person I'm to start not, with. Have you I'm learned not. that? Yeah. Well, you're not a big movie person. I'm not a big movie person and I'm a, I'm a hard sell. Like I, I, I need something to really like grip my attention. And I also think that I have at least an awareness of good art. You know, so it's like some of these movies where I'm like, well, I didn't really like the story. I could extrapolate like, well, the directing was good or the, you know, the cinematography or whatever it is. But some of these movies, literally, I was like, I can't find I can't find the thing that doesn't 
it's not that it doesn't make it good. I don't know that any of them have felt Oscar worthy hmm. to me. Hmm. Any of them, huh? I mean, a couple of them, really? like the one Belfast was amazing. Okay. That's the one I want to watch. Yeah. Belfast is definitely, actually, you know what we could do is we could go through the list of Oscar movies and I can tell you which one's not to watch. Okay. Go through the list. <laughs> I don't have it in front of me. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll text it to all of our listeners. <laughs> Anyway, I wanted to address one of the movies that I really felt like the trailer like really brought me in and I thought it was going to be really amazing. And it's a movie called Drive My Car. Have you guys heard of this movie or seen it? No. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, it's a movie that is set um, in like current day Japan and it's about this um, playwright essentially like this guy is a is a actor director blah 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 and so it goes through the beginning of this movie it goes through this whole sequence kind of setting up what the main story is going to be about which one does not know until this happens but 41 minutes into the movie the opening credits begin what? Interesting. 41 minutes. So you're watching this thing for 41 minutes and then are told, oh, by the way, the movie's just starting. And it's like, wait, I've just wasted 41 minutes of my life. Like, uh, it just is a very bizarre artistic decision, in my opinion. I agree. So was it just like to be artistic or was it really the beginning of the movie the, I, I don't know the intention so first of all I don't wow. know I, I I assume it was meant to be artistic and to be like this is like the prequel to the movie I am the type of person who I want to know that because I felt duped like I felt like wait a minute like this mm. hasn't even been the real movie like I've just been watching the yeah. pre-movie to the movie like raw um, and our <laughs> friend Stacy that we've interviewed on the podcast before um, she was over on the night that I watched this particular movie and um, in, in this man and this woman were talking about these horrific experiences that they've had in their lifetimes and both of them in their own way felt like they had been part of killing someone like a murder god and the way that the man and the woman were talking about it was like what you would imagine in an intensive therapeutic setting where it's like i'm bearing my soul and here's like this horrible thing that happened to me and that i did and yada 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 and the man just like looks at the woman and he's like and this is my horrible thing that I have been through. And like, there was just no like emotional um, display of anything between the two of them. And so Stacy says to me, she says, that movie has got the emotional warmth of a turnip. <laughs> <laughs> so if you're looking for a warm, fuzzy, feel good movie, Drive My Car is not your movie. Let's just not say it's not your movie. And Licorice Pizza, dumbest thing I've ever seen in my life. I am shocked that you have been talked into watching all of these movies. Mm -hmm. Like mm -hmm. that says what kind of friend you are right there. Yeah. I'm a real good friend sometimes. <laughs> real good. Real, real good. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, that's, that's my Oscar review. I'm sure it'll, you know, make us a million fans and, and have people cheering all over the place. And I'm very excited that you guys are coming over for the Oscar party. We're going to have fun. Oh, we are going to have fun. 
All right. So the the really important thing that I wanted to. Oh my God. What is happening right now? <laughs> what do you mean? I mean, there's a, the very, very hungry deer on my screen. Why do you think he's hungry? I can see it's ribs. Oh, mm. sorry about that. Okay. So <laughs> I, I want to bring up, uh, I actually wanted to sort of poke fun at a song in the uh, in the church world, a praise and worship song. Do you know that song that's inspired by this photo? As the deer panteth for the water, so my soul longeth after thee. <laughs> so you're saying so this exists in the church now? I thought that was like 30 years ago. <laughs> Well, it was, and somehow it has hit my radar again, this song, for whatever reason. And I sang it the other day. Oh, you sang it. Okay, great. So, and I started questioning it, like I do everything in life now. And I was like, all right, as a songwriter, I feel like you could have done a little bit better on giving another metaphor for loving, you know, like longing for God. Well, but don't church songwriters just steal verses from the Bible? That's what I didn't know is I was making it straight up out of Psalm 42. (laughs) That's what you meant by a Bible study. (laughs) Yes. And so here I am planning on giving Mr. Martin Nystrom, a native of Seattle who wrote the song in 1984, a talking to. But sure enough, as the deer panteth for the water, so my soul longeth after thee. I mean, I feel like, and you, you are an artist manager, but I feel like if you're going to straight up steal out of the Bible that you got to be like donating some money to some nonprofits or something. Well, let me tell you, Moose, if any of your clients are listening right now, you might need to consider another job because they all steal Mm -hmm. from the Bible. (laughs) I just think that's odd. (laughs) <laughs> you think it's odd. Do you think that they should be stealing from like the Tao Te Ching? No. How about just come up with your own ideas? What but here's why they that? do it is because the people on the other side who are the decision makers, if they're going to play the song on the radio, they are theology buffs. And the minute that you quote a Bible verse, they're like, oh, straight up in the Bible. Cheers. Passes the theology test. So that's why. But I'm just saying, uh, and I look, I'm not criticizing thou who wrote the psalm. Who wrote Psalm 42? Let me Google it. (laughs) I'm pretty sure the psalms are written by David. David. (laughs) Well, I know, but he had to have some help. Wasn't there a co-writer? The Lord. (laughs) (laughs) Co-writer. Probably Solomon. I think Solomon (laughs) was one of the guys. Okay, the psalm is a hymn psalm. And it is one of 12 psalms attributed to the sons of Korah. So you guys weren't right. In Latin, I, I don't even know what I'm reading. This is like, <laughs> what is the, who are the sons of Korah? It sounds like Koran to me. They were an important branch of the singers of, is this in the Bible or is this somewhere else? The sons of Korah were the sons of Moses' cousin Korah. The story of Korah is found in Numbers 16. Korah led a revolt against Moses, he died, along with all his co-conspirators when God quote, caused the earth to open her mouth and swallow him and all that appertained to them. Eleven of the psalms in the Bible are attributed to the sons of Korah. These poetic songs include Psalms 42, 44-49, 84, 85, 
87, and 88. The Sons of Korah are also an Australian Christian band that was founded in 1994. The group put psalms to music, using them as lyrics, almost verbatim. As of 2014, the band has interpreted over 50 of the 150 psalms into songs. Reference, gotquestions.org, and wikipedia.com. Look, I need a theologist who has a clue what's happening here. <laughs> um, well, I, so are you going to encourage one of your clients to maybe do a modern remake of As the Deer Panteth for the Water My Soul Longeth After Theeth? No, that was just my TED Talk to songwriters about mm. being more creative. Mm. And I recognize that's in the Bible and it wasn't the songwriter that is to blame. And I'm not cursing the Bible. I'm simply saying, I think that there's a lot more things in this world that you could have used besides a deer, King David. Well, yes. And, and to David's credit, um, we might consider that he did not have some of the modern conveniences and technology that we have. And maybe the most exciting thing that happened during his day was seeing a deer like being dehydrated and begging for water. You know what I mean? Like he didn't have Instagram and like computers and the Google machine and like stuff like that. So maybe, maybe in his, the context of his lifetime, maybe that was really exciting. Which immediately brings me to the question that I'm Googling now, which did David from the Bible live during the dinosaurs <laughs> because that's way cooler than a deer it would explain cryptids so much better <laughs> it really would according to the bible when were the dinosaurs created i've asked this question a hundred times in my lifetime in the book of genesis yeah so there were dinosaurs point proven that if you would have said as the brontosaurus pants for water um, actually I, I don't know t-rex you, okay it's uh, this really like begs a question moose do you think that there were raspberries in the garden of eden why not is this a joke i, I mean i'm asking you a legitimate question I do. I think there were ra I love raspberries. And so absolutely. I, I would like for you, for our listeners, without you using the Google machine and just like off the cuff, I would like for you to spell the word raspberry for me. R-A-S-P-B-E-R-R-Y. Okay. You know how to spell raspberry. Raspberry. Well, I, I'm also the same person who pronounces every single letter in every word like my mother did. So a knife is a knife. Mm -hmm. I don't know how not to do it. So hence the rasp. Well, the thing is, is that like when we were just talking about raspberries, we didn't say raspberry. We were just saying raspberries. And I know it still has a little bit of up in there. Um, I was shocked beyond all belief as if I was just born onto this earth in the past week when I got a carton or a, a case of polar seltzer water that was raspberry lime. And I saw that raspberry was spelled with a P I had, and I did not ever know that ever until my late forties. And wow. here I am today Great. quizzing you moose on how to spell raspberry and you know how to do it. Well, damn it. It should be spelled 
R A Z Z Barry. Raspberry. Like jazz Raz. hands. Razzle. Uh huh. With yeah. jazz hands. Yeah. Jazz hands with raspberry. Razzle dazzle. Razzle dazzle jazz hands. Speaking of things not being where they should be, how was that transition? <laughs> Well, Bobby would not like that you said speaking of, but I thought it was a great transition. God, Bobby! Bobby! God, Bobby! Oh, speaking speaking of, speaking of, last week I could not listen back to the podcast, and I just would Why? like to apologize to our listeners. <laughs> I said the phrase, you know what's interesting is, you, you know what's interesting? I wish Sarah would put together a rap for me. Because, you know, it's interesting. Interesting. It's interesting. Interesting. It's interesting. Interesting. Interesting topics. You know, it's interesting that you share all that. It's interesting. Interesting. It's so interesting to me. Well, it's interesting because it's interesting. Um, it's just interesting to notice. But it was really interesting because it's interesting. Interesting. And, you know, it's just so interesting because it's interesting because it's been really interesting because and it was so interesting because I wrote interesting it was so interesting what i really want to do okay so anyone who's really interested in this people could have done shots and been <laughs> trashed by the end of it <laughs> like when i used to say body work every single minute yeah I, I am not kidding i i yelled turn it off because i was like i sound like i I don't know. Like I had three or four mimosas <laughs> and a couple of ambience. <laughs> just because you thought everything was interesting. I just said the exact same sentence over and over <laughs> and over. So if you heard it, you know, well, I go back and listen every week for the most part. And I am absolutely like, I, I almost can't bear the sound of my own voice anymore. And especially when I hear myself explaining something or when I'm asking a question or going, you might consider that raspberry, blah, 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 blah. It's like, shut up. It's <laughs> like, just be the quiet because like nobody cares you know and I'm like okay people care they keep listening it's fine and it's mm -hmm. kind of weird like hearing yourself back it, it's easy to be really really self-critical and Moose I think you're very interesting well I do too as far as you go <laughs> um mm -hmm. but also I just don't think like to me this happens once it would be like a sitting around shooting the shit and then we go back and listen to it to hear how great like the whole thing <laughs> that's what is like podcast is. i know that's what the whole <laughs> podcast is but my point is <laughs> like that's freaking narcissistic to go back and relive it but i like to hear sarah's producing and so that's why i go oh, back and listen that's the only reason i listen is i listen for sarah's genius like that is the only reason i listen and what i find though is that i really enjoy sarah's genius and i I try to always tell her like when I hear something that I think is cool or whatever. Mm. Um, and I've said this before on the podcast, what I also think is really interesting. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh do I, tell. When another, Please partake your wisdom, Kat. <laughs> what I find interesting, because I think the rest of the world likes what I find interesting, um, is that I sometimes hear you for the first time when I'm listening back. Like, I feel oh, like that's great. First of all, <laughs> wow. No, you no, know, no. 
No, no, no. And here is why. Because we talk over each other so much. And ever since we started recording in three locations, all of a sudden I have the power to move the audio around oh. and I can separate our voices on in the mm. times when we cut each other off mm. or talk over each other. And you actually hear what each other says. Well, that makes a ton of sense. So there is a true benefit to us all three listening back. God bless it. <laughs> way, to me- way to mediate that, Sarah. Great. Yeah. Oh, you know what's interesting is when I listen back, I don't, re- I don't remember you talking, Moose. That's not what I, I said. I thought this was my podcast. <laughs> that is not at all what I said. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I actually, I agree with you. After hearing myself say 47 times, <laughs> you know what's interesting? How many <laughs> things could be that interesting? <laughs> and yet they still are. Yes. They still <laughs> they are. They still are. Every and time. it should be proclaimed from the from the <laughs> That's amazing. And Moose, I do listen to you. I do listen to you. Like sometimes when I'm <sighs> listening back, I, I am just like, I am like, I, yeah, this is totally Kathy. I'm just not going to do it. I'm not going to say what Kathy would say. Yeah. Cause F her. What is your name today? The faker mean? I, I was going to say that I feel like by me doing the podcast today, I'm going to really just have to fake it. Well, you're not. So far, you're laughing and having a good damn time. Yeah, and it feels really good. And that's how I felt coming into it today. Like, I felt like if I was going to show up, it was just all going to be fake. Because, like, I feel like I have had the worst couple of days, man. Mm. What's going on? It, it's it's all the things because everything's damn confidential. I can't talk about any of it, but it's like work with work and clients and life and all of that is just sometimes really hard. And mm-hmm. I, I feel like, and I mentioned this last week, um, that I felt like the Jolly Green Giant was like stomping on my shoulders, you know? And I feel like the Jolly Green Giant like went and got all his friends and said, come on, I got a great trampoline. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like, that. it just kind of feels like the beat down, man. And, um, and, and I was on the phone with my therapist today and I was talking about one of the issues that I've been dealing with with her and and even her response, like, it just made me weep. Hmm. And it was basically because she said something along the lines of, um, she said, I may not be the best person for you to ask this question to. Hmm. And I was like, what do you mean? You may not be the best, but per- you're my therapist. Like, of course you're the best person to ask this question to. And she explained to me why she said that. And she said that her bias in one particular direction versus the other about the subject was so strong mm-hmm. that she wasn't sure she could be objective. Like that's what she was doing. She was actually protecting me, which I really appreciate. Mm-hmm. Um, in the fact that like, in, in this moment of my like fragileness, when she was like, I don't know if I'm actually the best person to answer this. I was like, no, no. Like it was just like, really, it was, it was hard. It was hard to hear, you know, Mm -hmm. because it's like, I feel like in some of the decisions that I'm having to make, um, I'm starting to remember like that whole idea of like, I love American bald eagles. And I, you know, one of the things about them is they fly solo and it's lonely on top of the mountain and all that bullshit. That's really, really hard about leadership, you know? And it's like, I just feel like I've been having to be 
the boss. I've been having to be the leader. I've been having to be the driver in a lot of things. And it's, it's a lot of pressure sometimes. It is a lot of pressure. It's a good thing you have multiple therapists on speed dial. (laughs) I wish I did. (laughs) I was going to say, call my therapist. She'd love to talk to you. Have like a therapist a day. Yeah. (laughs) Here's my Monday session. You're cheating on your other therapist and you forget Uh what you've told one of them. And they're like, wait, I didn't know that traumatic event happened to you. And you're like, oh God, I didn't tell you. I told the other one. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. (laughs) So here's my question for you. And I, it's going to sound a little moose like, but I'm totally being serious. Well, you're my best friend. So bring it on. What are you going to do to protect your fragileness right now? And I have ideas if you don't. I don't have any ideas. I think you need to take a week off and just take care of yourself. I honestly do because it makes me just want to be like, how can you take a week off and just take care of yourself? Yeah, I don't know. I'm telling you that that will help you breathe and get more perspective and give yourself a little self-love. It might actually be the quicker way out, too. Yeah. Yeah. And just everybody firing me because I left. Yeah. No, they're not going to do that. (laughs) Then you're quickly out, right? (laughs) Oh, that's amazing. I think you need to tie up some ends and you need to take next week off. Mm. It's a challenge. It's an option. It doesn't have to do it. Okay. I I will consider it. I will consider it. Next week, I start the whole beginning of of what is my whole next quarter of school. So that feels like this is not possible. And I, I am in charge of my own life. Like I am my own snowman and I can do whatever I want. And I might take next week off. And um, let me ask you this, Moose, when you did that retreat, when you did, um, I wanted to call it a silent retreat, but it wasn't silent. When you did your alone retreat to the beach, how far out did you plan that? Like two days, two days. Like it it was like beyond burnout. And then, you know, sort of that, am I going to lock myself up (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, and go to like a retreat center? Or am I going to go try and process a lot of this on my own? Hmm. And so it was just a couple days, honestly. And I just was like, I'm getting on Airbnb and I'm going to find something. And, Hmm. you know, my main thing was, I wanted to go somewhere that felt peaceful. Mm -hmm. I didn't know kind of what I was going to work on or how it was going to go, but I just needed some quiet where I wasn't taking care of anything Mm -hmm. or anyone. Mm -hmm. And, um, and honestly, like there wasn't a lot of like built in stuff. I just sort of laid there and I did a lot of crying Mm -hmm. and I did a lot of talking to God Mm -hmm. and those kind of things. But there is something about creating that space that allows you to fall into it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I I will really seriously consider that that option. Um, I immediately go to the logistics and how would I make that work and what would I do and blah, 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 which is that that's just kind of like normal, like gallbladder energy mm-hmm. stuff. And like, or maybe that's liver. I don't know. It doesn't matter. It It's important for me to consider that. So thank you so much. Mm-hmm. Stop right now what you're doing. If you're driving, pull over. (laughs) And we want you to pull out your phone and type in this number and send us a text. So open your messages. If you're on Android, I don't know what you do. Type in some sort of code. (laughs) Who knows? Beam me up, Scotty. (laughs) All right. So get out your phone and text one 
866-528-6665. That's 1-866-528-6665. That is our phone number. You can call us. Don't worry, we don't answer. Leave a message. Or you can text us and we'll get it immediately. But we would love for you to save that number in your phone. So when you're listening, you can just pull up Cat and Moose Hotline and send us a text. And you can send us a text about anything. And you can you can text us about things you want to talk to us about. You can text us and tell us how ridiculous we are. Um, really anything you want to. We love hearing from you. That's one 528 the devil five. <laughs> That's amazing. Okay, so if you're going to call us, text us, put our contact info in your phone. Cat and Moose Podcast. The number is one 528 6665 The number is one 528 the devil's favorite number, five. I learned something neat. What? I was talking with one of the multiple therapists on my therapeutic team because I do have one for every day of the week, pretty much. <laughs> what number is this one on speed dial? This one, I, well, I can't call any of them because I'm not allowed to call them. So none of them are on speed <laughs> dial. Um, bastards. I know it. Bastards. I know it. Your boundaries are awful. Uh, <laughs> what do you mean I only get one hour every week? <laughs> and you want me to pay for it? <laughs> So, um, one of the things that, that we were talking about is I said, I, I get really frustrated when I respond to things in certain ways or when I'm attracted to, and I I don't mean like sexually attracted to, I mean like when I'm attracted to like certain behaviors and other people that maybe aren't the most healthy thing for me. Um, and I'm like, why do I do this? Like, why do I continue to just like bash my head into the wall over and over and over and over? And she said something along the lines and I'm going to, I'm not going to get this right. So it's not verbatim, but she said something along the lines of, it may not be quote unquote the best thing or the right thing that you're attracted to or that you're going after it may be what's familiar yeah and if what's familiar is chaos or reject Mm -hmm. or responsibility or disappointment or whatever it is if that's what is familiar then that's immediately what you're drawn to it's like like likes like Right. And so I thought that that was just really, really an interesting concept to consider is that it's like, oh, like I I was I was talking today about a situation and what I learned about myself in the situation is I am worried that I'm going to disappoint this client. Hmm. And and the question that was posed to me is. Well, no, I asked this question to myself because I'm an awesome body work therapist by God. I'm getting real close to to maybe graduating. And so <laughs> the question that I asked my own body, thank you, body, for teaching me this, is I said, where have I felt this in my body before? Hmm. Mm-hmm. And what I said to myself is I hate when I disappoint my mother. Mm-hmm. I hate when I disappoint my mother. And so I realized I was like my go-to in 
situations like the one that I was in today is I was worried that I was going to disappoint this client because that is what is familiar to me. I never want to disappoint my mom. And so I work really, really, really hard to hopefully never disappoint my mom. And that while that's neither good nor bad, it just is, it's what's familiar to me. And so Mm -hmm. it's like what that client may be thinking or may not be thinking from my actions is I'm going to be disappointed. Like, what Mm -hmm. if the client was like, wow, good for you. Great boundaries. Wish I could do that more. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, what if it wasn't this like dreaded fear of disappointment that is something that I've concocted as being a thing that happens. So, um, I I just thought that that was a a really useful tool and I wanted to share it with you guys. Well, I, I'm really glad it's interesting because it reminds, I said, it's interesting again. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to work on it. I'm going to work on it. Sarah, just beep beep me every time I say it's interesting. And when you do the beep, can it be like something that's like, or something like that? No, I get to pick my own beep and no, you get to pick yours and I get to pick mine. What does your beep sound like? Mine's a straight up buzzer. Yeah, exactly. I got one. Yes. So it's not interesting. I'm just going to say what I was going to say after that. But it reminds me when I was talking about, um, you know, like choosing chaos over peace, even though Mm -hmm. peace is what I really Mm -hmm. want, but chaos Mm -hmm. is what's familiar. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it's, I don't know why we do that, except that it's learned behavior Mm -hmm. and, It also makes me like ask the question, are you saying that the relationships that you're in are because they're the type of people that are familiar Mm. to you? Mm. No, I don't. I don't think so. I think it's I think it's more about like it's more about and you love will love this, I think, because of your study of the Enneagram and coaching. I think it's more about what is my motivation? Yeah. So I don't think I'm picking people that are like, you know, my mom or my dad or my best friend or my sister, or I, I don't think it's any, maybe some of that's true. And I've got a whole lot to learn about all that. I think it's more about like my motivations for my behavior or lack of doing a thing. Um, it is, is, is where I'm getting yeah. the like, oh, well, of, of course my go-to is my, my go-to is I don't want to disappoint. So I'm going to do everything I can mm-hmm. to make sure you're not disappointed. And then after you make decisions and you're, are you still fearful and do you ruminate like, oh, are they disappointed? And yeah, you do that. I wonder if that's a moment for you. Remember how I talked about clean pain and dirty pain? Mm-hmm. This is something I have been practicing is when I find that my feelings are hurt, um, which I'm going to tell you, it wasn't my feelings hurt, but I'm just like fragile too. Like I'm just a mm. little tiny, even though I come across as like someone who talks about vaginas on every episode. <laughs> um, that's not really who I am. Wait, you come across that way? I hope not. (laughs) (laughs) Got it. (laughs) Anywho, you can edit that piece there. No, I'm I'm okay. Um, But as I come across, like I I come across sometimes as like a bull in a China shop, but um, I had a a scenario as well today where I, I felt similarly and I did the clean pain, dirty pain. I made it an exercise where I was like, okay, what really happened? 
And so let's say that we'll make up a situation because I don't want to share mine just yet. Let's say this happened, that my dogs ran over, attacked, tried to attack my neighbors, and they ran back in their house. Remember that Mm -hmm. story? Yeah, I was going to say, that actually did happen. I remember that. Yeah, I'm looking at their house, so that's why. Um, And so let's say that I didn't know how they felt, and I'm sure they were upset, and I'm ruminating, ruminating, ruminating. Um, I actually write down what happened. Dogs came out, ran across the street, chased neighbor, <laughs> and I separate the clean, what actually happened from what I am laying over it, which is mm-hmm. they're going to write into the HOA. They're going to say these dogs are violent. They're going to call the yeah. animal control, the whole yeah. thing. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I start recognizing, um, like, Oh, those aren't true things. Those are simply Mm -hmm. thoughts, right? Mm -hmm. And thoughts are not reality as I always (laughs) quote Martha Beck on, you know, or Byron Katie, one or the other. And these are things I'm learning, but I wonder if those situations, and I know the business one is more just, it is what it is, you know, Mm -hmm. and you do Mm -hmm. fear how people are going to take things. But when you start feeling that, Oh God, like I'm sinking into that. Nobody, wants me or cares about me or whatever that thing is for you. For me, it's always like, I'm in trouble. (laughs) That's a big one for me. (laughs) I've been starting to do that and recognizing like, okay, this is actually not true. What's going on. Mm -hmm. These are just facts. And sometimes I think, uh, I, I almost wish I was someone who could just see things as they are. But then again, that's what makes us empaths and makes us connect to other people. So it kind of is just part of the pain, right? Yeah, it, it is part of the pain. And that's really good advice. Like one of the things that my therapist said to me this morning is she said, always question the should. Hmm. Like always question the should. Like what is the should? Where is it coming from? Is it coming from fact? Mm-hmm. Or is it coming from a judgment about a thing? Right. You know, and I thought, okay, like I know should is just a no, no word. It's a word that I've been trying to really um, when I try to do active listening and speak therapeutically, I I'm like, should is a really bad word. Like don't use it, you know? So I, it's not huge in my vocabulary and, um, in my head though, should is all the time. You mm. should do this. You should do this. You should do this. And so I love your idea of going like, Hey, just look at the facts. Like mm-hmm. do the facts say that you should mm-hmm. like, there is a fire engine coming towards you at full speed. You should move. Okay. That's a, that's, mm-hmm. that's pretty factual, you know? Yeah. And it's like, you should do X, Y, or Z for a client. Well, is that coming from a fact or is that coming from a judgment about my behavior or their behavior, you know? So right. this is great advice, Moose. Thank you. Thank you for all that you're learning from Martha Beck and Byron Katie. Hey, anytime. I don't, I don't know if I'm communicating it well, but one other thought, Kat, as you talk about the shoulds, um, another Martha Beck ism is she talks about that when we, the minute that thing comes in our mind when we're dreaming or scheming or whatever of like, but you can't because da, 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 you know, mm-hmm. like how, like even with us talking about you taking next week off mm-hmm. and you were like, immediately you were like, logistically, that's not possible. Mm-hmm. She talks about how often that is a sign that you are stuck in a social construct. Mm-hmm. Meaning, I mean, that could mean a million different things. Like, well, as a, this isn't, connect necessarily with your piece, but like as a mother, this is what's expected of me Mm, mm -hmm. or as a wife, this is what, or 
even from a religious standpoint, mm-hmm. like I can't do that because that's going to yeah. dot, dot, dot. Yeah. Um, and it, that has really challenged me as well because whether it's a social or cultural or religious construct that we're stuck in, we don't have to be stuck there. You're right. right? You're right. Yeah. And so a, a lot of that is, and sometimes it's constructs that we have built sure. around relationships. Mm-hmm. It's roles that we have mm-hmm. played out. Mm-hmm. And it just makes me wonder if, you know, as you think through that as well, like just question that and mm-hmm. just be like, wait, why am I spending so much time on this when ultimately it isn't that hard of a decision? Mm-hmm. It's a yes, you know, yeah. or it's a no. I mean, here is reason number 557.4 that you are my best friend. Mm -hmm. Like, thank you so much for reflecting on all of that with me. And um, before we totally wrap up today, I feel like I want to also thank you for for your response to me this morning. Um, I texted you and I, I said, hey, there is this certain colleague who I deal with. And every time I deal with this person, I feel like I want to die in my chest. Mm-hmm. And you wrote back and you said, then dealing with that person is not okay. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, right. Like agreed. Dealing with that person is not okay. And sometimes I just have to like, in, unless I'm going to just change my business and my clientele, like I have to deal with this person. Um, and what you wrote back is you said, I'll f- kill him. <laughs> <laughs> well, then I followed it up with a text to the government that said that it was hyperbolic that I was sharing that. And then I was like, is that a hyperbolic chamber? Is that the way to say that something is of an hyperbole? Is, is like, is it I don't think hyperbolic? it was. That's why it was funny. It was so amazing. <laughs> so thank you so much for being my best friend and for responding to me in such a way that it was like, that's all I needed. I just needed yeah. someone to go like, oh, somebody's messing with you, cat. Like they're going to be obliterated from the earth. I was like, yeah, like, it felt so good. Oh yeah. And they're already, they're already gone as we speak, by the way way i was gonna send you a photo later on but i figured i need to be on the signal app but not just over text yeah but <laughs> you I- can show me in person in your sarong <laughs> <laughs> hey i have one more thing to show you um okay. that is quite inspiring before we finish uh patrons you'll get the chance to see this uh others we will post on our instagram next week um but I would love, um, Kat, Whoa, if you, if you would what read is this. That? What is that? Look at this. Please, please read wow. it. I just, this is just a moment to reflect and see how far we've come in history. Wow. Okay. okay. So okay. what I'm looking at is a black and white picture. And what I don't understand <laughs> is why it looks like this woman has a cell phone. But I guess I it's thought a that mirror. too, but it's, it's a, a mirror. It's yeah. a mirror. Okay. Um, this is from Inside History. Woman going through an attitude adjustment program, 1930s. Women suffering from depression or demonstrating signs of quote unquote misbehavior, such as quote unquote taking proper care of her husband. Oh my God. <laughs> were legally encouraged to submit into a psychiatric ward. Here, the narrow minded 1930s would offer a smiling treatment used to condition. <laughs> a woman into always wearing a smile 
experts believed that if a woman saw herself smiling, it would become natural practice and she would be quote unquote cured. This often went along with shock therapy. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Is that not the most messed up thing you've ever seen in your life? Like I already have issues with men saying, what, uh, can you give me a smile or having a rough day or why aren't you smiling? And then right. this, they have to wear a piece of cardboard on their face that has a smile on it. And then they have shock therapy. <laughs> Lord Jesus. <laughs> and you is... wonder why I'm a feminist. Yeah, <laughs> that's amazing. I hope that you, if you haven't already, I hope you post that on our Instagram. I will. As soon as we post this episode. Thanks for listening, you guys. Bye. <laughs> Kat, do you want to say anything? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, I do. <laughs> yes i'd like to go through smile therapy (laughs) i would too nice (laughs) bye patrons we love you goodbye wait 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 we're saying bye to patrons say bye to patrons cat goodbye patron producer Sarah Reed. To find out more, go to catandmoosepodcast.com. Cat and Moose is a BP production.